If you ever heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Well, let me explain. First thing, it's totally free. Like, I mean, totally free. You don't have to pay for anything. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. So, so, so your mom can literally be the only one listening to your podcast and you'll still make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So why don't you give a quick intro about yourself and what you do, and yeah, just just, just tell us about yourself. Sure. Okay. Um, let me just. So uh, my name is Sarah Valentine. I am an accent and diet coach. Um, I live in New Zealand, uh, and I've been coaching. Um, professionally you know with my website and all that probably only for the last five years um but i've been coaching actors and teaching accents for for many many years i sort of started uh, learning accents when i was about six um because we moved from a specific town in england where i was born um i was born in Epsom in surrey and, and yeah, they speak French, gosh, you know, and it's lovely. Everybody was just very fine. Um, and we moved to the country where everybody spoke like this. And so I very quickly had to learn how to jump from what I had to speak like at home. So with mommy and daddy, or with dad talk like this. Um, and with the local kids, I had to talk like that. So that's how we started into my accents. Um, and yeah, and I've basically lived and traveled around the world um, and landed in New Zealand, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, my father was actually a New Zealander, so I got dual nationality. And, um, and yeah, and so uh, I'm in New Zealand. I work as an actor, an agent, and an accent coach. So, so, so did you... Were you interested in, in accents to sort of fit in with, with, with the people that, that, that you were living with? So as, as, since you moved uh, into the country, were you just trying to fit in more with the people? Or, or did you just want to know the... Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And my, my biggest problem was that I didn't, I didn't sound like my peers. And I needed to sound like them. Um, and... Of course, they were sort of taking the mickey out of me, going, ooh, she's so posh, you know. Um, and so I wanted to be like her, and so I, yeah, I did it to fit in. And um, I think it's one of the things, is, you know, as I've sort of moved around and travelled around, I've, um, I, I can't help myself. When somebody's talking in a different accent, I want to know what that feels like. And so 
I kind of very slowly start to speak like them so that I can then know what it feels like to have that accent. How many accents are you able to to fluently do? Uh, fluently is a difficult one because I I can do lots and lots of accents. I mean, like loads, like you know, 30, 40, maybe more. Wow. Um, because I can pick up an accent very quickly, fluently, where I could just continue to speak quite constantly. I'd probably say maybe 10 to 15, um, where I could try and get away with it, if you know what I mean. Like, I, I pretended to be Scottish um, a few years ago. Not a few years ago, a long, 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 long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I managed to get away with it for quite a long time. Uh, I was just a joke that I was playing on a new friend that joined our friendship group. Um, and they thought I was Scottish, and I did it for ages. I mean, like, ages. Um, to the point that... <laughs> To the point that I actually ended up being this guy's girlfriend, and then I had to tell him that I wasn't actually Scottish, and he broke up with me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it was a very long time ago, but it was, yeah, it was just something that I thought was really funny at the time. A prank um, gone wrong. But then, yeah, he just wasn't happy that I didn't, but I, did, I sounded like this and that I wasn't Scottish anymore. <laughs> um. What are some of the, the the films and TV shows that you have worked on or coached for? Um, well, I can't actually name any specific productions, but because mm-hmm. my jobs are so mixed, like I've worked on hundreds of different... So I've been working with the film industry since I was 18, and I've worked in a number of different roles. I haven't done a huge amount of on-set coaching. I tend to get actors before they get the jobs. So when somebody's got an audition and they urgently need to do an accent, um, they come to me and I teach them how to do the accent and then they go and get the job. Um, so that's the, that's the difficult thing is that... Um, in New Zealand, it's a very small country, um, and there are people that do those particular jobs already, and so it's very difficult to actually break into doing the um, the onset coaching um, because I don't have I don't have the what's the word? Yeah, it's just too difficult to break in. So I tend to just do. Um, People from around the world have done on-set coaching, but the, the coaching that I have done is confidential and I'm not allowed to say mm-hmm. what productions they were, which is more, a bit of a pity. Um, but yeah, you have to stick to the rules um, and you're not allowed to share the information, I'm afraid. Mm. Uh, do, do you ever find yourself having to travel or or are, are you able to do your work from, from New Zealand? Most of the work that I do is I have online courses. Mm-hmm. So you can go to my website, actorsaccentcoach.com, and I have a variety of different online courses, which are different accents, obviously, that you can learn. And I have a deep... Uh, 
which is a do-it-yourself. So you just go to the course, you do it yourself. Um, you don't have my ear checking your work. Um, and then there's the solo, what I call a solo group course, which um, is you join an ongoing uh, open access course where you see that other people have done the course and you can see their work. Um, and Or you can just do an accent course, which is what I call a solo right? make a course in your name and then you just do that online. Um, I do a lot of uh, Skype sessions uh, with people from all around the world. I mean, like you name a country, I probably have taught somebody in that country India. Uh, an accent. Sorry? India. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. I've, I've got coaching people from India. I was just coaching somebody from Canada before. Um, yeah, uh, basically... Everybody needs to, there are so many actors in the world, and then of course there's so many voice actors. So I deal a lot with voice actors who are obviously doing audiobooks, um, and then I also do um, coaching through uh, for audiobooks for actors going into roles. Um, and then um, I also do accent reduction. So if somebody's got a very strong accent, um, so I was just working with a gentleman who has a Persian accent and he wanted to sound British. So, yeah, it, it, it just, yeah, I, I teach, I teach, oh gosh, I just lost you there. Uh, yeah. I teach, um, you know, people from all over the place in a variety of different ways. Oh, uh, what's the most common accent people come to you to learn? Standard American. American? Standard American and British, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did uh, send you some, some, some sample questions that I was going to ask. And, and one of them was more like a, a, a joke, but I asked, I, I asked, what did you think of Dick Van Dyke's British accent in Mary Poppins? So why don't you go ahead and answer that? If you had to write his accent, because a lot of people, a, a, a lot of British people say he had a not too great of a British accent in that movie. If you had to write his, his British accent, how would you rate it? Well, the thing is, is that Dick Van Dyke was supposed to be doing what they call a Cockney accent. And in England, you can drive 20 minutes in a car and the accent will change. It's the same in America. You know, mm -hmm. like you, if you start in California, um, and then you were to drive across America, you would hit different accents all the way through America. You know, you got the South, where they mm -hmm. talk like this, and mm -hmm. you, know, you know how they sound. Uh, and then, of course, in California, where it sounds kind of like how you sound at the moment, it's very ordinary. But then you go across to New York, and you've got the coffee and the Boston and the, you know, like that whole wah 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 sound mm -hmm. um and so in england you could be in london and have people sound like this but in london you can also have somebody talking like that which is kind of like a cockney accent so like what he was supposed to sound like is this mm -hmm. but he didn't do that he had like a totally different version of it oh, he did give it a good try but it wasn't quite right so mm -hmm. You know, like as you're traveling around England, like you could be in London and have this accent, you could be in London and have this accent. Um, you could, um, let me think of another accent that you could have in London. I mean, like the thing is, is that 
the whole of England is an absolute dish of accents. I mean, there's just so many. Um, you've seen the Harry Potter movies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Hagrid, Hagrid's accent is just wonderful. You know, he's like down in the West Country and he's got this lovely, rich sort of sound. And so again, that's a British accent. But like when I'm teaching accents, I have to standardize an accent. So I call it like a standard British accent. I I call it, this is the standard, this is what I call it as the standard British accent. But somebody from the West Country, wouldn't consider this to be the standard British accent because where they live, they probably consider their accent to be the standard British accent. So you always mm-hmm. get people that get a bit angry um, when you <laughs> when you say, you know, oh, this is the standard British accent or this is the standard American accent. They kind of get annoyed um, because they think that their own accent would be the standard one. Um, but going back to to the lovely Van Dyke, um, yeah, he. He really did give it a good shot, but it wasn't really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what is your favorite accent to pull off? I don't know. I have so many favorites. Um, and I have favorites for different reasons. Um, How about your top three? French English accent because it has this very sexy sound, you know, it is like uh, you have to pause, and when you are speaking, it is, uh, you say, uh, it is, uh, you have to do a lot of this uh, because you are from France, it's very relaxed, and uh, I think the French accent is uh, considered to be probably one of the nicest accents in the world because it sounds very good, you know. It's also a very uh, so romantic accent. Pardon me? It's also a very ro- romantic accent. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lovely it's got a lovely sound to it. Um I like the sound. Like I think it sounds real nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um it's got a real good sound to it. Uh, uh I met a woman. Uh, last year, I went to Florida for my 50th birthday, and um, I was talking. I went to Disneyland. I was so happy. 50 years old, going to Disney. And uh, I met this woman from Coiners, and uh, she talked like this. And uh, she told me all about uh, um, something. It was so funny because I didn't know this. But they were. She told me that if you want to get a drink, where she comes from, you have to ask for a coat. But, like, you have to ask for, like, a pity coat or a ginger beer coat because everything's called coat. Mm-hmm. So you'd ask for a lemonade coat. So as far as an accent goes, I really love uh, the South. Um, and then, you know, like, oh, gosh, I love I love Cockney. Um, I did the accent before. Like, what I like about Cockney is that like, you really use your face and it's like really expressive, you know, and it's a bit gangster because, like, you know, like people like Jason Spatham, people like that, you know, they, they talk with this accent. Michael Caine, um, he's got this accent. Um, 
I love Jamaican, but it's and the only reason that I do a Jamaican accent is because I'm Mr. White Jamaican, which I thought was very unusual. Um, so I was in a taxi and um, I don't know how I got to share a taxi with this girl. Maybe we were leaving the airport. Um, but she she turned around to the driver and, and she was like, Oh no, you wanted to take me downtown now. And I was just like, What are you doing? I just did not I just I mean it's very uneducated of me to not think that there was white Jamaicans, uh, but there was. Um, and so my Jamaican accent come from her, you know, because like, you know, normally if you got you know, like people like, you know, Rihanna and all that, they talk like this. Um, and generally it's like people that have this fantastic accent, but you know, I rarely do it because I don't want to, you know, I don't, I would never want to be racist. So that's why I do my Jamaican but yeah, there's just there's just millions. I love a Scottish accent, you know. It's got a lovely center. Um, there's such a again where I was saying with my um, British accent, you know, like I say, well, this is standard Scottish, but um, again, you can't say that there's a standard Scottish accent because you drive twenty minutes in Scotland and the accent changes. So. When I do my Scottish accent, I have to kind of create something that is kind of standardised for television. And so, yeah, I just make it up as a goal, you know. Yeah. Now, what was the hardest most, or most difficult accent for you to learn? I don't think any accent's really difficult to learn because I just... Mm-hmm. It's just something that I can do. Um, I think I panic when people say to me, um, I need to do A, and then they say a very specific place. You know, like, I need to sound like I'm from this town in Texas. Um, and then I kind of have a little panic inside of me and go, well, I don't actually know how, what that is. But then I have to do the research and then I have to learn it and then I do it and I get it and, you know, all those sorts of things. But, um, Generally, um, I can I can do most accents, but doing them really really well. I, I don't want to teach somebody unless I can do it really well. Um, and so, yeah, the only time I worry is if I get something, you know, like I was asked to do something where somebody was from Canada, Nova Scotia, or something like that. Um, and that was a few years ago. So then I had to quickly, you know, do some work on it and get it right. Like I couldn't do that accent off the off the cuff. I'd have to go do. I'd have to go and sit down and go right. Okay, how do I do that accent again? Um, so yeah. I does does anybody ever come up to you and ask you for an accent that maybe you don't know how to do? So maybe you have to go and learn how to do that accent. Um, generally characters have very specific sounds um, and so you have to be able to be from that actual place Um, and so then of course you go off and you do your research and um, yeah find out find out what it is that you need to sound like so that you're exactly perfect so yeah no of course I, I mean 
there are a million different accents in the world and different dialects. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the colloquialisms that go with those, ac with those accents. And so, um, you know, like I was saying before, with the you want to have a dark coke, a coke, a, a, a coke lemonade, and a, you know, like nobody, nobody normally says coke before a, a drink. Uh, but that's obviously where she comes from. They say that. Um, and the different words that people use within their different places. So, um, you know, in the West Country accent, um, instead of you say, like in America, you'd be like, hey, girl, how are you doing? Um, you know, in, in the West Country, they'd be like, all right, you're me, how are you doing? It's the same words, but it's not, it's, it's a colloquialism to that area. So you also, you also have to think about what are those words and what are those things that they say in that particular part of the world to really make that accent real? Uh, was there any inspiration growing up to, to pursue learning different accents? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm an actor um, and um, I studied to be an actor and I've always wanted to be able you know, I've always dreamed of getting a role where I can be anybody from anywhere. Um, but, you know, it's, it hasn't happened for me. I haven't managed to become, become a full-time working actor. I mean, I, I, I still do jobs, but I've never never had a career as an actor. Um, and so, yeah, my, my, my passion came from just wanting to be the best actor I could be, really. Uh, do you only coach film actors or do you also coach theater actors and maybe people who, who just wanted to learn an accent oh yeah no like, like i said before um i teach Oops. actors voice actors and i also teach the general public um whether for fun or, or accent reduction or mm -hmm. otherwise yeah i teach i teach everyone mm -hmm. um do what Hold on. What? It's okay. Yeah, hold on. I need to think for a second. Is yeah, there is there any actor that maybe you thought did an accent very well? Um, I think Kate Winslet is an excellent actor with voices. I think that Kate Blanchett is also very good. Kate Marchett's amazing. Like uh, she's she's very very good. Also, oh, what's that actress called? She did Muriel's Wedding. Um, I need to Google. Um, she's a stunning. She's a stunning actor. She can you know do um, lots of different accents, um, and she's she's a very well accomplished actor. I'm quite jealous of her career. There's, there's actors that really do 
take the time to learn the accent and you know if they've got a good dialect coach obviously they'll do very well but at the end of the day as a dialect coach or an accent coach you can only do as much as you can do um and you don't want to be too pushy yeah? i mean obviously when i'm coaching one-on-one -on -one with somebody i can be very frank with them and just be like no that doesn't sound right no it doesn't sound right but when you're on a film set and you're actually shooting and you're working you don't want to embarrass the actor and depending on your relationship with the actor um you know you're like you can pull them to one side if you can um to just say hey you need to tweak this sound or tweak that sound or change this or change that um but you have to be respectful and you have to go, well, you know, they, they are doing their absolute best. And I, you know, I can't, I can't, if they can't say that particular word, the way I want to say it, it's just tough. I have to do it. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, have you seen the show, The Man in the High Castle? Have I seen the show what? The Man in the High Castle. Right the man in the high castle yes it is based on a book by, by philip k dick and it basically tells the story of the united states um under japanese and nazi occupation after after in that alternate timeline that axis won world war ii um but, but it's a very good show it it happens to me about my favorite show and then there's this one actor a uh, rufus sewell I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he plays an, an American turned Nazi to kind of, and he kind of turned to Nazism to kind of protect his family. Um, and, right. and, and, and Rufus who, who plays that, that character um, is, is British. So he had to kind of learn an American accent and, and, and he did it so well that when I first Watched the man in the high castle. I I, I thought he he was American. He did it, so, he did it with perfection. Right, right. Uh, maybe oh, you'll okay, be able to. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know the actor. Uh, maybe you'll be able to find some flaws in maybe that American accent, but I think being an American, he did he he did it perfectly. But um. Nazi, or he had to be American. You've lost me. Oh, oh, he he played an American who turned to Nazism after the Allies lost World War II. Oh. He he didn't. Right, right. He didn't. Oh, okay. He didn't do it because he believed in it. He did it to protect his family. Um. But yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Have I'll watch you seen that and I'll, I'll have a seat. Yes. Please watch it. It's very good. <laughs> um have have you seen the new Mary Poppins movie? Mary Poppins Returns. No, I, I didn't ah. want to watch it because I just felt that I grew up with the old one. Yeah. Um and I should watch it. I mean I've heard it's very good. Mm-hmm. It is actually a, a sequel, not a remake. So maybe that's something maybe you want to right. see yes, and yes. maybe Yeah. Um, but you know, Emily Blunt, who plays Mary Poppins, um, obviously she's English, uh -huh. um, and she's another very good actor that can do accents extremely well. 
um, because she's done a lot of American movies as an American, um, and you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it also starred the the very talented Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, What's the what's their name? Lin-Manuel Miranda. L-I-N-M-A-N-U-E-L and then Miranda. He was the creator of the music. Sorry, sorry, you cut out for a second. Yes, I do. Um, but yeah, uh, he was the creator of the musical Hamilton, the hit musical, Hamilton. Right. So, which which actually comes out as a, as a movie on Disney Plus this Friday. Um, it was a filmed live performance. Um, yeah. Um, so now I kind of want to move on to maybe your opinions on what is happening in the world currently. Maybe uh, you don't have to talk about it, but if you would like, like to, would you, would you, would you care to talk about uh, maybe your opinions on what is happening in the world right now? So, so COVID-19, so, so, so COVID-19, how do you think people are dealing with, with it? Do you think people are starting to, do, do you think we're starting to recover from COVID? Okay, so we're very lucky. Um, our Prime Minister in New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, is incredible. Um, I have very strong feelings around um, COVID and the devastating effects of it. Um, I in New Zealand, back in February, um, as soon as I had started, I actually had started tracking this a very, very long time before it even hit. So towards the end of January, I'd heard about it. I started to get worried in January before it even hit New Zealand. And I said, look, you know, I think that we need to hunker down. I think that, you know, it's going to get to New Zealand. We need to, you know, um, get ready for it. So way back before anything even happened in New Zealand, um, I went out and did some panic buying. So I bought some pasta and some sauces and some toilet paper and some hand disinfectant and, and some masks and all of these things. And I was saying to my friends, you know, like, I think that you need to get ready for this. And they were like, oh, for the love of God, Sarah, it's not going to come to New Zealand, you know. Like, we're in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, it's going to come here. And I said, look, you know, I think that you need to, Get on the bandwagon with me. You know, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt time. you for a second, but but hold on a second. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but but okay. Now, okay, now now continue. Sorry about that. Oh. So you were talking about uh, your, okay. your yeah. So do you do you get this together later? Do you? Huh? Excuse me. Sorry. I, I check the audio and I see if maybe something is is, is too loud. I kind of turned down the volume on on, on that. Um, if, if if maybe my voice was a little too too loud and I don't want it to hurt people's ears if 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 they're wearing headphones, so I'll turn down my my voice a little bit. Um, right. Maybe maybe if 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 you're a little too quiet, I'll I'll raise the volume on you a little bit. Um, but but yeah, and sometimes if there is something that maybe maybe like a very long pause here or there, I'll I'll cut that out or any of that. But 
yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I like to keep it as raw as possible. Okay, so so. Okay. <laughs> so please continue. Yes. Oh, um, I can't where I was up to. Um, you you were talking about uh, your your friends and how they should prepare for for COVID. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, they all thought I was you know, crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and so I um, then COVID arrived in New Zealand, and the Prime Minister acted really fast. Um, she, well, she she should have shut the borders sooner, but she did what you know, like nobody knew what to do. You know, this is this is a totally new thing. So you know, nobody had a pandemic plan. Nobody knew how to attack it, and so every prime minister and president in the world is doing the best that they can with the knowledge that they have mm -hmm. and the information that's given to them. So. Um, within about two to three weeks, our borders got closed. We went into, uh, we have a four-tier alert system. So we have alert level one, two, three, and four, and four is the highest and one is the least. So we went immediately into an alert level four lockdown, and we were all very quickly educated by our media. So we had, if you're on Facebook, on Instagram, on the television, in the news, in the adverts, any, anywhere you looked, you were told what to do at all times. It was very clear what we had to do. So basically, you had to stay at home and not go out. Um, and we were in alert level four for what felt like forever. I can't remember how long it was now. I think it was about 40. So we had two days of alert level two, then we went to alert level three, and then we went to alert level four. And I think we were there for about 45 days. And then we went down to alert level three, two, and now we're at alert level one. And we don't have COVID in the country. We have COVID at the border. But when I say we have COVID at the border, if somebody comes into the country, you have to go into quarantine for two weeks. And you have to stay there. You have to be tested for COVID before you leave. Um, and then you're allowed into the community. So we have no community transmission. And we've actually gone back to living our lives reasonably normally. I mean, we're not all back at work because obviously we have a massive tourism industry and we rely on people coming into the country and we can't keep having people come into the country because obviously COVID has been rampant. Um, and there, is a, there are a lot of businesses suffering. Um, in terms of looking at the rest of the world, um, what are your feelings around Trump? Um, I don't, especially since being an American, I don't want to give my opinions on if I support or don't support him. That's something that can get me in trouble whether I do or do not support him. So all, all I can say is that he has done some good things. He has done some bad things. Um, but this is here. This is what I'll say. I am a... I am a conservative person. I grew up in a conservative family. We're not racist. People always always presume all, all, all conservatives, all right-wing people are, are, are racist. I am not at all racist. Um, yes, I am a white, straight, Christian male. So I have every privilege that I can get. But I... Don't take that to my advantage to 
put others down. Um, I, yeah, um, I do have close family members that voted and are planning on voting for him. So, yeah, that is all I'll say. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you've got to think, I'm watching America from New Zealand, so the press and the news that I get is the press and the news that I get. So the, the, the information that I receive through the news um, shows Trump playing golf and not looking after his people. And mm-hmm. I see governors of state trying their absolute hardest to try and do something in this terrible nightmare situation with no support from the person who is supposed to be running their country. And I, I just think, yeah, no. you know, it's probably very wrong for me to say, but he should be up for murder. Yeah. Because effectively, he's allowing his country to die. <laughs> yeah. He's not really doing very much. And that's very strong for me to say that. And I don't want to upset anybody in saying that. No. But I really do feel for the American people because they need a leader to lead them through this terrible nightmare. And I just don't feel that he is pulling his weight. So, no offense to anybody no. who is listening who uh, lost Mr. Trump. I'm very sorry, um, but I do think that he's letting people fall through the cracks, and I don't think you should do that as a president. Yeah. Um, actually, a news article came out either yesterday or the day before. Trump actually now has a warrant for his arrest in the country of Iraq or Iran on charges of murder. The murder the murder of a general. I, I don't know if you heard about it a couple of months ago, but yeah. but but an airstrike on an airport killed a high-ranking general. I I I I don't know what he was a general of, um, but Trump and like twenty-five other people now have warrants for murder on their heads, so he can't he can't go into the Middle East at, at all. Otherwise, they can. No. You know, he's not exactly going to be jumping on a plane to go anywhere anyway. But I mean, you know, like, I just kind of think that, I don't know, there, there have been leaders in the world, you know, like Hitler. Apparently, you know, whatever, he, I mean, Hitler was a terrible human being, but, you know, he killed millions of people. Um, Stalin, um, you know, I heard somewhere the other day that. There will be more people who will have died of the coronavirus in America than that died in the Vietnam War. Mm. Uh, a lot of people. Numbers. A lot of people like to compare Trump to Hitler. Is that a fair statement to compare him to Hitler? There's a lot of people compared to that. I mean, I was just using the analogy of a leader mm-hmm. that I know with my yeah. not very. Uh, I don't have a very good knowledge of history. I was just relating, uh, I was just saying the name Hitler yeah. and Stalin yeah, as two names of history that killed people. Mm-hmm. I yeah. believe 
that Trump is allowing his people to be killed because he's not locking down the country and looking after them. Uh, do I th- don't want to be saying that Trump is like Hitler because I think, you know, it's a totally different thing. But yet it's a little bit similar. Uh-huh. Um... W- if you could say anything to Mr. Trump, uh, any anything that that won't that won't get get you arrested, uh, 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 what would you what, what would you say? Like like in the nicest way possible, how would you how how would you give him advice on what to do? Well, it's funny because. You know, obviously, this interview is about being an accent, a dialect coach, and I didn't want to get into anything. I know, I know, I know, I'm like sorry. But as a human being in this earth and watching how the world has been dealing with this catastrophe of COVID, um, you know, I think that there's got to be a point where Trump, Trump isn't, as a president of a country, You are not allowed to be racist. Like, you are not allowed to, you know, I mean, I just, it's beyond me that he is not an all-inclusive president. Like, how can you be anti, how can you be racist? How can you be anti-black? How can you be anti-gay? How can you be anti-anything? You're the leader of a country that, that is probably the only country in the world that allows the freedom of speech. And, allow, and has freedoms like you wouldn't believe in any other country in the world. And everybody's like, let's make, you know, he, he has the slogan, make America great again. What is he doing? What is he doing? He's not making America great again. He's killing off half the fucking population. Oh, excuse my language. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's fine. You, you are allowed to swear on this podcast. Huh? I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I just care for people. And I just care for, you know, people who, I I, I think Americans are, um, I lived in America for um, a while back in the 90s. Um, You know, I was traveling around the world and and I stopped in LA for a little bit. Um, And over the period of time that I was coming and going to America, I realized that the media that you see in America is just American media. You don't get to see global news. I mean, maybe you get to see more global news now. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 20, oh God, maybe, how old am I? I'm 15, so. So we're talking about 25 years ago. You probably get more media. We didn't have mobile phones, and well, we did, but not that many. But we certainly didn't have smartphones where you could access the news and all of that sort of thing. And, and the the American people that I knew, and even myself, I was only educated by American media. So everything that was in my head was American, America, America, to the point that just before, um, there was a point where a friend of mine uh, said, should we go get our gun licenses? And I was like, oh my God, yeah, we so should do that because that, that's something that we need because we're in America, we should go get a gun license. Um, and then... Um, my grandmother passed away in the UK and I ended up going back to the UK um, and when I got back to the UK, I was like, oh my God, I was literally about to take my gun license and I thought that it was really normal. It was really normal. But it's not normal. It's not normal at all. 
there's nothing cool about having a gun license and owning a gun. Like, what the hell do you need a gun for? And why, you know, like, it's just so ridiculous. But it's something that's just very normal over there. And I became quite normalized to it. I, you know, people would be shooting in the street outside my house because they had guns. You know, like, you don't, we don't have guns in New Zealand, so we don't shoot each other. Well, there was an incident a year ago, which was a terrible incident. But our prime minister said some guy came to um, New Zealand and um, there was a terrible shooting. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but the next day, our prime minister um, changed the rules and removed all of the weapons that could do what that guy did mm -hmm. overnight, like literally overnight. And I think that's the difference is that we have a prime minister, you know, obviously you've got your president, your prime minister in New Zealand, and um, she acts. She, she acts on issues that are important and nobody knew how to deal with COVID. And I think considering nobody knew what to do, she's done a bloody good job. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that maybe it's going to be harder for us to crack down on our gun, uh, gun laws, especially because our country was founded with that yeah, right. thought. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be extremely hard for to convince people that this is right. Uh, what our prime minister did, she bought back all the guns. She bought them back. So... Everybody, you know, we've had a, an amnesty where everybody was like, you know, you've got X amount of weeks to bring in your guns and we'll buy them back off you so that you don't lose anything, but you just give us over, you give over your guns. And if you do have a gun, you register it and we know that you've got it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Americans um, are very stubborn too. So I don't know if yeah. that would help very much. Um, I, I, I know you didn't want to come come on here to talk about all the all the other yeah, stuff, <laughs> but but I but I like to get people's opinions as as, as well. Um, yeah, cool. I mean I love America. Like don't get me wrong, like I love America so much. It's one of my favorite countries in the world. It is just the most incredible place with the most wonderful people, um, and. Any time I've been to America has been amazing. I mm -hmm. mean, everybody is so kind and so lovely. Um, and obviously, there's just a select few that, that could do with a bit of education, I think. You know? Mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to have to disappear because I have a coaching yes. session at one. Yes, I was about um, to, to end it anyway. So, yeah. But, but, but thank you for coming on. Um, have have a great day. Um, and, yeah. Well, and, yeah. Have See you later. If anybody's wanting to learn an accent, uh, please go to activeaccentcoach.com. And if you're an actor and you need to learn how to self-tape, go to www.selftapeacademy.com. You can follow me on Instagram at activeaccentcoach.com and on Facebook. Hey, there, thank you very much. Hey. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're a wonderful guy. Well <laughs> done for doing this. And thank I you. wish you all the best. And do send me a link so okay. that I can... Uh, link to it and have a listen to it and uh wish you all the best and hey, congratulations you. on your podcast thank you all right darling take care see you bye Okay, that was actually an amazing podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. You are an absolutely amazing person. That last part was iffy, but thank you all for listening. Press that subscribe button, whatever you do to get updated on this podcast, and I'll see you all later.